Well, hello and welcome to episode number 63 of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about communication silos in virtual teams, how these silos occur and what their impact can be on your team. So as with all of our podcasts, there's an accompanying article on the Old Fire website. So please do check it out for additional information. And while you're there, sign up for our regular newsletter and find out a bit more about how we may be able to help you with your business. So silos and communication silos, we hear a lot, you hear a lot of discussion about silos in uh, in communications forums, you hear a lot about it in management um, articles and so forth. So I thought I would take the opportunity in this article just to, just to have a think about how these silos come about and what their impact can be, most particularly with a focus on the impact of silos within virtual teams and within a project environment. But as ever, whatever we talk about here in the projects and in virtual teams, the very large part of it can also apply to most other parts of businesses. So the first question really is, how does a silo come about? Um, what are the causes of silos? Why do they happen? And uh, there are many, many reasons that silos will occur within a, within an organisation. But for the purposes of this particular article, we've, we're focusing on five or six. Now, the first one of these is parochialism. Now, parochialism realistically is when someone is, is very defensive of their own position and um, and will, through that defensiveness, either intentionally or unintentionally, they'll start to form little groups and they'll start to separate those groups from the rest of an organisation or from the rest of whatever the group is that they're a part of. So you'll find parochialism will occur within an office. So one office becomes very defensive of its position relative to other offices, becomes defensive of the work that it has to do and how it does that work. Um, and it and all, Or uh, one group within an organization and sometimes this will be within an office sometimes it'll be a broader group within an organization itself so maybe a discipline group within an engineering team or within a projects team and they will similarly they'll become very defensive of their position now it could be say the planning guys or the procurement people or engineering or whomever and they become defensive and they start to separate themselves from the rest of the organization so one way or another the separation starts to occur through people becoming defensive of what they do and how they do it relative to others. One of the second reasons then would be xenophobia. Now xenophobia is is really a fear of others, it's a fear of something different, um, but in the context of the way silos form it can be, typically it will occur when one office um, becomes distrustful of people in another office or 
doesn't just doesn't want to understand how the people in another location will do their work. Once again, they'll they'll make conscious and unconscious efforts to ostracize and marginalize the people in the other groups, and they'll form their own little silos. The third one would be professional distrust, um, and this again is similar to xenophobia, but it's at more of at a professional technical level. So people will start to separate themselves out from others simply because they don't trust that the people in the other parts of the group, the other parts of the project, the other locations or whatever have the right skills or the right experience or they're not motivated properly and they believe that they themselves, their their in-group is the only one that actually can do the job right and can do the job to the appropriate requirements. So they start again to separate themselves from the larger organisation. Now the next one, the next cause of a silo is 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 something different. It's not it's not a parochial or a xenophobic or a trustworthy one, and this is language and culture. Now, in the language and culture space, these are simply where individuals' own behaviours and um, uh, and languages and the culture that they're born into force them, through one reason or another, to separate from the rest of the organisation. Now it may be that one one location within a virtual team on a project only speak a particular language and that language through their inability to communicate with the rest of the project forces them to become separate and to work within their own silo. It could be that a culture is very different and that some cultures have high context uh, ways of communicating, others have very low context. Things like that can cause very large barriers to occur quite quickly between between locations and between groups. And then the fifth one for the purposes of this list is power. And this one really is, it's the one of the of the five of these where someone intentionally and consciously goes out of their way to keep others separate within a project. So people will actually intentionally, to build their own power base, try to make sure that others do not get to know what they know within a job. So this is the mantra of knowledge is power, and and their belief is that to build their power base, they need to keep the knowledge for themselves and to exclude others from access to that knowledge. Now, at the individual level, this may all be well and good, but from a project's perspective and from a business perspective, having people with this kind of an approach is incredibly destructive. You need, in a project, you need everybody to be sharing information, not some people hiding information, actively hiding information from others. So those are five potentials in here. Now, one thing you may have noticed as we've been discussing those, now, typically, most people think of silos in the in the farming perspective, if you like, where they are cylindrical um, groupings, where there are barriers around the outsides of that. So they become, in, in the context of a virtual team, a silo becomes seen as being a regional silo. So one office is separate from another office from another office. So we could call these vertical silos, if you like. They're silos which stand upright on a location. You can also, of course, have silos that are horizontal. And these silos would occur where where people within a particular strata within a project, so maybe all of the management within a project, without realising it, starts to become isolated and separate from the rest of the project team. Or where people at the bottom end of the project, maybe all the people doing particular technical work or procurement or construction or whatever within a job, where they all separate themselves from the rest of the project. Usually in an unconscious 
uh, way and mostly when people realize this is happening the first thing they want to do is to try and open back up and and, and get away from the silos but these silos just continually build people just don't realize what they're doing but the horizontal silos can also be very confusing for people so you you would tend normally in a virtual team to assume that the silos are geographic but when they start to become discipline based or, or strata based they spread between geographies and you can have you can have people in a silo who are in multiple locations but they're still within that one silo so whichever way they form, whichever way shape they take, and what whichever orientation they have, these silos are, are bad things for projects. They're very bad things for business, and they're extremely bad things for virtual teams. Now, some ways to break down the silos. The first thing you need to do is to find them, is to identify them. So you need to be constantly looking out for silos developing, and then when they do develop, you need to find ways to to remove them. Now the first one is to lead by example and to try wherever you are, whatever your role is, and let's make the assumption that you're the project manager or a senior member of the project, you need to make sure that those communication silos, that you're not part of any of them. You need to make sure that you straddle every single group that's out there, that you know what's going on in every group and that you're sharing information between groups to all of the other groups. If that's a geographic thing, you need to be sharing your information between geographies. If it's a discipline group thing, you need to be sharing and ensuring that others share information between their groupings as well. So that leading by example, that's showing people that you are not a silo person, that you are an open and a team player, will help everybody else recognize that they need to be doing that as well. So the second thing to do is obviously to watch out for these silos developing. Um, you're not always you're often engaged and so heavily embedded in the work that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, you don't even realize that they're there. So you need to be looking out for them. When you see them, you need to be acting on them. Then the third one, and this is something again that a lot of projects and a lot of people will forget, is to reward positive behavior and particularly not to reward negative behavior. So if you find people who are actively going out there and sharing information among project team members and among the project group, go out of your way. Make sure that you, that you recognize those people for the work that they're doing and the effort that they're putting in to remove and to banish these silos. But if you're going to be, if it's going to be a reward, it needs to be done in a reasonably public way. It needs to be done in a way which is culturally appropriate. And this is something I've stressed in a number of these podcasts. Any kind of rewards and any kind of punishments for that matter as well also need to be done in a culturally appropriate manner. But but make sure that, they, that whatever you do is, is public and that people can see one way or another that you are recognizing that these silos are not what you want in your project. And then, of course, if you're just a just, just isn't fair. If you're a regular team member, you need to also be be aware of these things. You need to be you need to be actively trying to remove them. And if you can't completely remove them, then at least for your little bit, try to make, try to open up doors and open up windows and let some daylight into your part of the job. And that might mean that you recognise that a silo exists. You're unable to completely remove and break down the silo but you do at least have enough influence and enough access within the project to share 
the bits of information that you know that are forming the silo that you are trapped inside of with others who are on the outside of those silo walls. Even that itself can be very, very helpful within a project and eventually you'll start to find that these doorways and these windows get larger. More and more people start to share and they'll share things with you as well as you share things with them. So quickly to recap then, the five causes of silos, parochialism, where where offices or or groups become defensive, xenophobia, where people have have an innate... um, distrust of people who are different from themselves professional distrust where personnel in one part of a project don't believe that the people doing similar work elsewhere within the project have the right skills or the right experience or motivation to do the to do the work language and culture barriers which get in the way of people being open and and sharing information freely amongst their uh, their colleagues and then the conscious one which is power where people try to build a power base for themselves by keeping the information that they have away from others who need that information to do their work properly so i hope you've enjoyed this episode of um, the virtual teams podcast and if you have then please do check us out we're at www.ulfire.com.au And of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast feed. We have a link on the website that takes you to all of the various um, sites where you can sign up for podcasts. If you do enjoy the podcast, then we'd really like you to put put some kind of a review on the iTunes website. Um, And of course, we'd love to keep in touch with you and look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. Thank you.